You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Good morning, everybody. It is 8.01, January 22nd. We are uh, into the final week in January, and it is Monday morning. It is Motivational Monday. It is uh, Manifesting Monday. And uh, this little experiment of being able to use 2024 to grow this audience, to turn this into a place where we have hundreds if not thousands of people to own the 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time slot, the radio slot, the audio slot. Let's call it an audio, a global audio slot. Uh, It will come to fruition with the right partners, with the right people, the right content. Shout-outs to to, um, Christopher and C-Rock, who are on Twitter, Caleb, who is in Discord, Hope you are. Uh, hope you had a wonderful weekend. And now it is time. Um, so, as we always do, I, I talk a little bit about uh, what's ahead this week. It's a busy week. I look at my calendar, and then we get into a topic. And we're going to be talking about psychological safety today. I'm going to go ahead and share um, and share this link on Twitter. Still trying to figure out the whole Twitter thing. So I'll just say, "Come and join us." And there we go. Um, it's a busy week. Um, I am giving a webinar today um, on on the whole EOS framework called Get a Grip. Are you running your business or is your business running you? Um, I have some great shows this week. Uh, John uh, Welpert tomorrow talking about uh, toxic positivity and actually how negativity can actually fuel positive outcomes. Can't wait to hear about that. Um, I have uh, two shows, Patrick Ozlowski, uh, Oz- Oz- I'm gonna, <laughs> it's going to take me a while to pronounce it, and then I'm doing a, also an episode of my little spin-off called uh, The Entrepreneur's Journey on Wednesday with uh, Tanya uh, Bengson, and uh, you know, every month I'm going to bring in an entrepreneur, uh, an EOS implementer client, just talk about their entrepreneurial journey, some of the frustrations, some of the challenges, and also some of the triumphs associated with uh, with being an entrepreneur today. Um, and then on Friday, one more show. Cheryl Hunter is going to be in the studio. I think I owe that to you. Uh, that's a C-Rock connection as well. And uh, Cheryl Hunter is prolific, amazing. I'm actually thrilled to have her on. I know who she is, um, and, uh, and I'm excited. So a lot of content. Uh, I was experimenting with a couple of AI tools this morning as well. 
Um, it just took me a while to get there. Uh, it's very interesting. So um, playing around with the the translator tool, I think it's called Heijin, um, it worked like an absolute charm. I took a little clip of mine with uh, with Ann Betts talking about narcissism. Uh, only problem was is that it, it kind of uh, used the auto-detect feature and it decided that I was a woman. So it decided, in fact, that I was Ann. So it, it looked a bit weird um, uh, me speaking in a female Spanish, <laughs> female, female Spanish accent. Uh, but wow, it's just incredible technology. And then I was playing around as well with um, what's the other tool? Um, with a C, CapCut, um, and I'm still trying to play around with that. It's very hard when you are a creator and when you uh, are, I guess, by definition, a control freak. Um, that you, you know. <laughs> You want to find the clips yourself. It's very hard to trust another human or even trust a, a machine, trust a robot, trust a, an artificial, artificially intelligent being to find different clips. Um, but it is also just prolific how it's able to just create 20, 25 clips in, uh, you know, just click of a button. Uh, it's progress. I mean, you know, you can, you can fight it, um, but most likely you're going to lose. <clears throat> Hello to Tim Lynch in Discord uh, as well. So, you know, lots of experiments, lots of uh, interesting approaches, just continuing to mix it up, see what sticks, um, see what works and what doesn't. I'm still kind of emboldened by the fact that, um, you know, the reality is many of us live in a world where we are the best kept secret. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that is, that is true. I think that has to be true. I think if you believe in yourself, even an iota, if you believe you have talent, if you believe you have potential, um, then then you're just waiting to be discovered. In fact, um, uh, who was it? Nate Woodbury. He said it when he was on my show. He said, um, "There, there's a billion people searching for you. The only problem is they don't know who you are yet. And I think if you kind of start every day, every week, every moment with that assumption that you are literally waiting to be discovered, um, then all you got to do is is go ahead and discover, be discovered uh, as well. Why not? Um, let me bring C Rock on stage. Let's see if uh, if that worked. Yeah, there you are on stage. So, um, how are you doing, C Rock? Want to? Yeah. Good morning, Joe. I, I didn't want to, Joseph. I didn't want to interrupt you. I just wanted to pop up here because when you're finished, I can. Ch- I want to talk to that best kept secret. Yeah, talk to it now if you like. I mean, you know, one of one of the things is, you know, as I said, there are a couple of key points. Like the first is you can't, I feel like you can't live your life um, resting on it like a crutch. Oh, I'm the best kept secret because you you got to do something about it, right? You can't just, you can't just kind of, uh, and you can't be frustrated. You can't actually let it fester or ferment inside you which is why, 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 why. You've got to go out there. If you believe truly that you have something to give and something to offer, then you have to just keep trying until eventually you connect or someone finds you or you know maybe there's a bit of uh, luck as well. So, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, you know, you mentioned for at first that, you know, we're, you know, waiting, waiting to be discovered. But, you know, to me, you'll continue to wait if you do that. And so I'm not a trier, I'm a person that does, and I do things to 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 get out of obscurity, to get known, to meet more people. And also, I understand that 
if it's not moving as fast as I want it or if I'm not getting the results that I want, there must be something that I don't know. There may be, maybe there's rules to a game that's being played that I don't understand. Other people are playing a game. Other people have strategies that I'm not aware of, that I'm not in on. So what I figured out in, in, in doing my, my journey is that there's a game being played. Celebrity in, in your space would be a situation where you get out of obscurity and you become not the best kept secret anymore. And that game, that game is all manufactured. And a lot of people don't realize that, that, that celebrity is manufactured. And so what we focused on over the last couple of years is really how can we get entrepreneurs to stop feeling like the best kept secret and start taking steps and actions, the right steps and actions towards getting known and becoming a celebrity in their space. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought that topic up because this is a really important thing for people to understand because the more attention that you start to seek, you'll start getting more t- attention when you're intentional about it and that'll generate revenue for your company. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, I mean, it really is true. And it, it's almost like this idea of um, maybe call it proactive waiting. Um, you're, 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 you're not waiting sitting around, you know, kind of, uh, um, you know, just kind of uh, counting, counting the days, counting the moments. You're actually making stuff happen. And I, and I love the concept. By the way, I've brought back POAPs today. Let's see if that works. So, so I've opened up a kiosk. I've put a little chat. Um, I put that link in the Collective Cafe chat, um, and I've put it as a tweet as well. Let's see if that works. Um, that basically says, hey, you were here in the month of January, and you had a cup of virtual coffee with me. Um, and who knows? You collect them all. Uh, maybe maybe there's, there's some kind of incentive. So we're going to play around with that proof of attendance. I'm a huge, huge believer in this idea of proof of attendance protocol, POAPs. Um, it is it is a ticket stub. It is a badge. It is the key to loyalty. It's one of the things that uh, you know. With everyone who's already written off blockchain and Web three, um, watch the space because uh, I'm convinced. I'm convinced, and uh, and I'm never wrong, uh, except when I'm wrong, which is never. <laughs> so, um, but I love also what you said about it being a game, um, because when you when you approach it that way, there's a, also like a playfulness. Um, it's not that serious. It's not like life and death. Um, it is, um, you know, it is this ability to like, what's the cheat code, you know, the cheat code without like actually, you know, cheating, but maybe cheating. Um, but it makes it fun. And life should be fun. Business should be fun. Actually, you know, w- when I do my sessions at EOS now, the first thing we do when we kick off the entire engagement is, you know, under objectives is have fun, you know, because Life is serious. Business is serious. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun and make money. So the thing about the game, um, yeah, I mean, listen, and, and it is, it is, you know, I've joked, uh, C-Rock, I've basically said, um, I think maybe the only, the only path for me is to go and Survivor or, or The Bachelor, which, you know, is a problem because I've just celebrated my 25th wedding anniversary. But maybe my wife will understand you know, so it, it's that's the game too. You know, it, it is essentially you know buying followers without paying for them. You pay with your reputation. You know, by being branded as the psycho, the cougar, the whatever the case may be. Um, but sometimes you need that um, what I would call growth accelerants. Right? These are moments. These are 
And I'll tell you like one more thing, which is, and, and this is, I don't know, like even when you do your, your clubhouse rooms, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm the extroverted introvert or the introverted extra, extrovert. I, I am a king when I'm, you know, when I'm on stage, when, when it's my show. And when it's somebody else's show, I get very uh, intimidated. I get very, um, I don't know, I get, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm talking too much, if I, you know, um, it's, uh, it's a weird thing. I got to get over that. I got to get over the because that's the game, right? See, Rock. If you go into like Nelson's room or you know or or a room with a thousand people, you just got to force your way onto stage. I well, not force, but you know you got to get on stage and you got to just make it happen. And I hate yeah. that. I hate that yeah. game. Yeah, you just be a dis, you know I call it a respectful disruptor. You know, uh, you got to make a name for yourself. Look, when I walk into a room, Joseph, whether it's virtual or if it's if it's a physical room. I want to make my presence felt, you know, I just, because here's the thing I believe in myself <clears throat> and I think everybody else should be believing in themselves. And if not work on yourself to the point where you can start to believe in yourself and trust yourself. But I work on myself and I've had worked on myself for so long that I, I believe that I can elevate everybody that I come in contact with, whether it's in fun, whether it's in business and, you know, motivation or inspiration, encouragement, whatever it is. I just, I have this belief in myself that I'm a, an elevator and I, and it's because I've worked on myself and put the work in. So I'm not saying you or anybody else hasn't, but, but I think you have, but sometimes when you've done that work, you got to be proud of the fact that you put the work in and worked on yourself and, and created yourself into someone that can impact whether it's entertainment or uh, otherwise. And so for me, I, I just, I, look, I, I want to go in a room and tilt the room. That's just the intention that I have. And so I think everybody has that ability if they just decide and, and, and be intentional with it. I um, absolutely love that. I always think, I always try and, one of the best parts of my, of this session is I always try and think of what is the name for the podcast. Um, so Respectful Disruptor is one candidate, uh, but Tilt the Room, that is awesome. Have you done stuff with Tilt the Room, by the way? The concept. Well, so I, 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 heard, I heard of that term before from uh, a guy named Harry Wilson, who is Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the seat. Well, yeah. the Denver Broncos now. Uh, when the when the general manager was for the Seahawks, when they drafted Russell Wilson, they called him a room tilter. Like when he walked in the room, the room tilted towards him. And, you know, you can have a natural ability to do that, but I don't believe that that's uh, – cordoned off for people that have it naturally i think that you know we have access to it if we wouldn't be intentional work on it i think we can accomplish whatever we want and decide to so i i think that you can decide to be a room tilter in a bad way or a good way and so uh you know when i go places like when i'm in the gym i'm getting ready to go into the gym here uh and get a workout in when i go in this gym i don't want to it's not that i want to show off i want to go in here and i know that people are watching me Right, I always pretend what eyes are on me. I just, I just do this even if I'm sitting by myself somewhere, because I believe that if I have eyes on me, that I know I'll perform better. And so when I go into the gym, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in if I'm lifting weights or if I'm doing cardio, understanding that people are watching me to make a decision whether to let up or push harder. And I don't want to be the reason that they let up. 
Well, it's funny. I always thought of tilt the room um, like in like tilt from a poker standpoint, but but I get it. I mean, it's like you 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 tip the scales, you you tilt it into in, in your favor. No, I love it. It's 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 a it's a great way to start um, to start the week and to from a motivational standpoint. And you know, the other thing I was going to say, by the way, for those of you trying to collect the. This is what's known as a kiosk, and I'm trying to work with POAP to figure out the right solution. But I think the thing with a kiosk is the reason why it didn't work for you in Discord is because um, I just saw that the, the URL is not unique per se. Um, so I'm just going to play around with a couple of options. Um, one is just to actually just every time someone collects um, a QR code, uh, use that QR code that I just posted there. It will change dynamically, and I'll just keep taking snapshots, but I'll figure it out. Uh, Today is just the first day of, of doing it. Um, you know, the other thing I was going to say is you got to keep mixing it up. Um, so I even wrote about this in my new book. I called it, um, I called it plodding with purpose, right? You just got to plod, 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 you know, just one foot in front, one step, one, you know, just keep moving forward. Even, even if you're in the muck, in the mire, in the, in the, in the quicksand, in, you know, you could be going through, through the toughest time, but you just got to keep moving, but it's plodding with purpose. So there's a purpose, there's a goal, there's a, there's, you know, where you're heading. You're not just moving for the sake of moving. You're not just walking for the sake of walking. You're absolutely focused on keeping going because you know, if you stand still, if you stagnate, if you atrophy, you're dead, you're dying, you, you fall backwards. Everyone pulls, pulls ahead. Um, but the other aspect to it is you got to keep mixing it up. There are no sacred cows. This is really hard for a control freak or a creator. And, 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 you know, by definition, when you work for yourself, you are a control freak because you're the only person with or in control, although arguably you have no control. And so for me, um, I'm, I'm going to keep mixing it up in 2024. That means the collective cafe is it Monday through Friday. Is it three days a week? Is it, uh, are there different co-hosts? Are we in Twitter spaces is, you know, or, or X spaces, or do we move to, Four different audio platforms, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, but always in Discord. Do I bring people on stage earlier? Um, I'm just going to keep mixing it up, you know, to, to f- again, figure out how to win the game, to use uh, C-Rock's term and terminology. And it's, you know, it's funny because I tried, I, mean, I, I spent about, um, I mean, sorry, Elon, but uh, although I, I suppose I should have known because I did write a book called Life after the thirty-second spot, which is ads don't work, um, or at least <laughs> Twitter ads don't work. But I actually put a little um, like card together for today. Um, I spent. I'm looking. I spent um, nine dollars and eighty cents, generating a thousand and twenty-nine impressions, um, just to see if we could get anyone new to come to the space today. And it doesn't seem. Uh, I mean. There's no one new in the space today. So does it mean ads don't work? No, it doesn't. Um, does it mean maybe that, that they need to be promoted ahead of time? Perhaps. Um, but I'll tell you for free, even though like you know the answer to this already, everyone, is that the most powerful um, accelerator here is, is the human accelerator, is the referral, the recommendation, word of mouth, um, you know, whether it's working with an influencer, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, every journey begins with that first step, with that first plod, 
that first plod with purpose, every journey, every time there's a new person in. Today, we have four people in, and you know what? Last week, we had three and two and one and zero, and tomorrow, we may have five, and a week from today, we may have eight or nine, but I think the most important part is twofold. One is, is, don't, is you never let up. You don't take your foot off the gas. You can't afford to take your foot off the gas. The second thing is you've got to ask. You have to ask. I have to say, Caleb and Tim and, and C-Rock and Chris, tell someone, please recommend this to someone. If, you, if this is valuable to you, and there's always a very interesting angle, you made the decision to come. You're here. Um, and in fact, all of you, uh, except for C-Rock, have been here many, many times for over two years, some of you. So why, why you? Why is this beneficial to you? Why is this valuable to you? And if it is, surely there's at least one person, maybe three, that would be valuable, that, that youth not only believe it would be valuable to, but you would get that social currency. You would get that boost. You know, now obviously I'm talking to many of you because you, you are regulars, but ultimately the, um, talking about psychological safety, but the benefit here. Is, is that nobody, no, nobody wants to, to get the, what a waste of time. Why did you make that recommendation? What everyone wants is, that was so valuable. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. How did I not know about this before? The best kept secret. Hopefully, hopefully not. Anyway, a little bit of preamble. Um, I want to just get into the subject of today, which is um, psychological safety. So I found uh, a link, and and uh, I'll provide that link in. I'll put it in Discord, um, and I will also just, if you don't have it, I will I will put it in Twitter as well. Um, I'm just going to do that right now. So going back to um, to EOS for a second, um, EOS refers to it as open and honest, <clears throat> and open and honest is is just say it. Like, just say it. Just, just kind of don't sweep it under the rug. It's imperative to have a work environment, a culture, where people are able to say what's on their mind. Not embarrassed, not intimidated, not shamed, not humiliated, not afraid for the recrimination that can come from just being able to be honest. And, um, <clears throat> you know, even... In one of the six key components we talk about, which is called issues, um, we basically say that the goal is to get, first of all, there is an assumption, an underlying assumption, which is if you don't get good, if you don't get great at being able to create an environment in your company where I call it whack-a-mole, you set them up, you knock them down, right? You set them up, you knock them down. As, As soon as the issue is raised, you, you get to the root cause of the issue and then you solve it so that it goes away forever for the greater good of the organization, which means the greater good of the organization may come at your expense. You may not be the big winner, but the organization is the winner. And if the organization is the winner, by definition, you should be the winner as well. So that's the goal. The goal is to be able to just make sure that everyone is able to uh, empowered, um, you know, motivated um, and, and confident 
to be able to raise their hand and say, here's an issue. And then that issue has to appear on an issues list because if it doesn't appear on the list, then, you know, it's, it's ephemeral. It's just, you know, it's, it's fleeting. It's got to be locked down. It's got to be written down. It's got to be compartmentalized. Otherwise, it is fleeting. So everyone has to be able to get to a point where they can raise their hand, say, I've got a problem, or I've got an opportunity, or I want to be able to talk about something. And it's really hard because the bigger the organization, by definition, let's see how big we get before we suck, before we go bad. The hierarchies and you know people that don't want to uh, be found out or exposed or you know or want to make sure that they're the only ones coming forward with ideas that is that is maybe the number one reason there are two reasons why companies stagnate and don't move forward one is because they aren't able to speak freely because there is no psychological safety in the company and two is they don't have the ability to solve issues I actually think it is as simple as that. So Amy Edmondson's psychological safety model is a a simple two-by-two matrix. And you've got performance standards low and high and psychological safety low and high. So when performance standards are low, when the bar is low, when the stakes are low and psychological safety is low, that's what's known as the apathy zone. And I'm reading this, people come to work, but their hearts and minds are somewhere else. Not much gets done. These are people that punch in and uh, punch out. Simple as that. And um, unfortunately, uh, probably, I mean, I want us to think about this for a moment, which is what percentage of businesses would you say, I'm going to ask all of you this, would fall into the apathy versus the comfort versus anxiety versus learning zone? So apathy zone, it's, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of data to back this up. People don't really care. They just don't care. They collect their paycheck. They do their jobs. They do the bare minimum. They're not vested or invested in the, the greater good of the organization. And it's not their fault. Maybe it is their fault, but generally it's not their fault. So let's look at, uh, at the second one, right, which is um, we'll stay with performance standards being low, but psychological safety is high. This is called the comfort zone. People are friendly but not pushed to excel. In teams, they don't make big progress. So, you know, there's no real incentive, but it's a good environment. I actually think in a way, when we think about now what's happening in the workplace, I don't know whether we call it the workplace or the woke place. I mean, you know, the Freudian or not Freudian. But when we actually think about, you know, doing the right thing, saying the right thing, you know, creating a safe environment. But when you create the safety environment, you know, it's almost like, um, I guess, I guess it's like going bowling, right? Tenpin bowling. And you've got those guardrails. You know, are you really going to push yourself? Are you really going to have... Are you really going to be productive, right? Because you know there's, there's safety, right? There's a safety net. But in this particular case, this the fact that people can come in and, you know, and, and kumbaya, etc. But it, it, it's, it's um, you know, it's almost like training wheels in a sense. So 
life is good. You're a little bit happier. You know, you're a little bit more connected. There's a little bit more team as opposed to this idea of punching in and punching out. Um, but not much, not much gets done as well. There's no progress. So now let's look at high performance standards and low psychological safety. That's called the anxiety zone. People are scared to share ideas, take risks, or ask for help. This can hurt productivity and growth. And I actually think this is, you know, for the most part, I would say, in my opinion, most businesses fall in the lower two quadrants, the apathy and the anxiety zone. Because most businesses have very low psychological safety standards. This is the rat race, right? This is, you know, I was saying to someone the other day, this is nine to five. This is the devil wears Prada. This is, you know, this is, the, the, this is corporate America for you in a, in a nutshell. All of this, um, you know, passive aggressiveness and, and politics and uh, all of these artificial um, barriers and, and that have been put in to preserve the status quo. But yet, quarterly earnings, you know, and KPIs dictate the way. That's why maybe you see so much job turnover, especially at the high levels. And then the top is what's called the learning zone. That's where performance standards are high and psychological safety is high. People work together, challenge each other, and learn to do a great job. They tackle hard and creative tasks. So I wonder where you would see, and uh, hello to Shemaine as well. See, a new face, which is beautiful. I love it. That motivates me. Today we're sitting with seven. Tomorrow will be eight and nine and ten. And, and when we get to a point where we have hundreds, if not thousands of people in the morning, you can say you were here right at the beginning. Why not? I want you to say that. I need you to say that. And we will get there. So again, think about that for a moment. And think about for a moment... Um, what percentage, maybe you can put it into the comments as well or if you're in Discord uh, in the chat function. And I'll go ahead, by the way, for those of you that want to collect a POAP um, until I can figure out the automatic way. Because the way the kiosk works, I'm just doing a little bit of squirrel ADD right now, sorry. Um, but the way that, that, that it works is that the kiosk generally would sit on your mobile phone and, um, and, and it changes automatically. So every time someone collects another um, another QR code, um, I'm going to have to go ahead and just for now, just today until I figure it out, figure out how to, um, how to just make it a little bit better for you. But I, I'll keep doing that. So what percentage of business would you say um, falls into each one of those zones? Maybe kind of, you know, I mean, C-Rock, I know you're on stage as well, um, but I would be very curious as to what you think. You know, in my opinion, as I was saying, um, I think, unfortunately, most of business is falling into the, the apathy and anxiety zone. Maybe a different way to think about it is what would it take to actually create an environment of psychological safety and high performance standards? <clears throat> and I think it's very easy. I think when there is team involved, when teams can be open and honest with each other, um, when they can push each other, when there is discipline and accountability, 
that's when you actually end up in the learning zone. There's another thing as well, and you know, I, I'm, I'm mentioning EOS a lot because you know that I'm training, I'm a coach um, at EOS, and I really see it now for what it is and what it can be. Because even when we, you know, I coach leadership teams, and one of the things we say is that when leadership teams are in the room, you can afford to roll up your sleeves and call it out and, you know, you know call BS or, or, uh, or beating a dead horse. We actually have a bunch of animals that we throw around as well. We've got ELMO, which stands for enough, let's move on. We've got the squirrel for tangents. We've got, we've got the bull for bull, you know, for bullshit or also, you know, kind of being a bully. But the rule is that once you leave the room, you are a unified, united team. There are no cracks in the armor. Whatever is said in the room, when you reach consensus, when you're all on the same page, you leave as a united front. That's how you do that. That's how you create an environment. That's psychological safety. That says we are prepared when we are being honest. That becomes our guide. Our guide says that that we're, it's we're, it's not personal. You know they say sometimes it's not personal; it's business. Well, actually, it is personal and it's business. How about that? It's personal and it's business. But the personal part is not being a bully, not being personal, but it's this idea of, of being able to just be personable to and realize that you do yourself and your colleagues a disservice when you sweep it under the rug, when you hold back, when you hide. So in this post, it talks about nine tips for leaders to create safety in teams. I created my own list as well. But I'm going to walk you through all nine. And certainly, hello to Billy. I uh, haven't, Billy Bowie. I haven't seen you in a while. And just like that, we're up to, uh, up to seven. It's not bad going. I could have saved myself the $9.80 that I paid Elon and instead uh, maybe uh, figured out how to get the POAPs to work. So step tip number one for leaders to create safety in teams. Start with trust. Build trust by being vulnerable. It shows your team it's okay to be human. Action, be the first to share a personal story or mistake you made. I'll tell you at EOS, the first thing we do every single session is we start off with something called good news, personal and professional. But number one is start with trust. Number two, no blame game. When errors happen, focus on finding a solution instead of blaming others. Action, ask, how can we fix this instead of who did this? Number three, active listening. Give full attention when someone is speaking and ask sincere questions. Action, in your next meeting, recap what someone says before you reply. It's actually a very simple facilitation technique that we use. And we use this when there is conflict and when it seems like there's a disconnect and you know people are not moving forward. And what you basically do is somebody shares, says something, and then they pick anyone in the room or the facilitator picks someone in the room and says, okay, so let's just say, let's just say C-Rock is talking. 
So I pick Chris and I say, Chris, can you repeat back what C-Rock just said? But it's not done yet. Then I go back to C-Rock and I go, C-Rock, is that what you intended Chris to take away? So there are two steps. One is, was Chris paying attention? And two is, did Chris take away what C-Rock wanted him to take away? Was there something lost in translation? Active listening implies paying attention. And that is all about respect. Number four, normalize failure. Let, let, let me show you how to be an, uh, a respectful disruptor. Joseph. Yes, <laughs> you just did. So, so I just want to throw something in there before you go down the list, if you don't mind. Uh, I, I believe this safety, psychological safety in the workplace, in business, begins with the whoever the first. Like, like we got to go to the foundation sometimes and think about this. Like, where does it start, right? Or you're going in to overhaul a company and it, and it didn't start the right way and you got to do it. But regardless, it has to start with a vision and a mission and core values. I just want to make sure like this is said because once you have that established, when you hire employees and they come in or team members or an executive team, you express what the, the vision, the mission, and the core values are. And you make sure that everybody that's coming aboard is aware of those and they align with it. And then from there on, all the communication that happens in the company internally and outwardly to the clients or customers should be spoken through the core values and the mission. And if, if this is done and the expectations are set and everything's clear up front and everybody understands if you align with this, great, you're aboard with the team. If you don't align with this, that's fair. Just this might not be the place for you and there's nothing emotional about it or personal about it. Uh, that, that start gives you a, like a huge leg up on anybody else that's out there. And so, uh, that safety starts with that. I just want to put that out there because if you don't start there and you don't get that foundation, right, nothing that you do afterwards is going to, it's going to work or last. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and in actual fact, I mean, I know I keep, uh, I keep coming back to, uh, to EOS, but that's that's on what's called the VTO, the Vision Traction Organizer, Core Values and Core Focus. And Core Values becomes actually the way through a tool called the People Analyzer where you and that you hire, fire, uh, recognize, reward, attract, repel, all of the above. All of the above. I mean, it's 100% what you just said. 100% what you just said. By the way, if people are, are interested, I am doing a webinar today at 12 on you know the whole uh, EOS methodology, as we call it, get a grip. Are you running your business uh, or is your business running you? Um, I'll put that into, if anyone wants to, it's a free webinar and I would love for you to, to join. But it's, but it's there, I just, I just sent that link as well. I should put that into the, I'm still learning C-Rock in terms of like, how to stick it to the, uh, put it into the, um, the nest, the nest. No, I mean, I, I, let me see how to do it. Uh, so there's the tweet. It's just, it's just, I can't really, uh, walk and chew gum at the same time. Not so good at that. Well, well, let's start this, Joseph. I'm going to start working with you in the mornings because your language that you speak has to go in alignment with where you want to go. So you can walk and chew gum and ride a bike and sing a song and play the saxophone if you 
choose to, but you have to speak that. You get you you have to speak it that way. <laughs> All right, I'm doing. A- I have a feeling. I have a feeling you could talk and put it in the nest at the same time if you really were intentional about it hmm, and I, believed in yourself. I think I just. I, I think I just. I think I just did. I think I just did. But actually, you know, the the reality is it really helps when someone else is on stage. So uh, I love you being here as well. Um, and I did that. I just put that into um, into the nest. But yeah, core values. I mean, core values ultimately determines that they are the right people. And so what we actually say, you know, at EOS, which is you, I mean, it's a Jim Collins term, actually. Uh, hello to Slick as well, who is um, in, in, in Discord. So we're up to eight. Um, so, you know, you got to have the right, this is Jim Collins, you got to have the right people in the right seats. If you have the right person in the wrong seat, right, they're great. They, they, you know, uh, uh, they reek of your culture. I mean, they're, they're just perfect, but we call this the accidental nonprofit. When you have the right person in the wrong seat, you're kind of just not moving forward. And, and probably, maybe, because you're, you're unable to actually just say it and be honest. Maybe this person has come as far as they can. People rise to the level of their own incompetence, as the, as the saying goes. And, and maybe if you are, a, you know, a, an organization that has a degree of care and empathy and safety going back to core values, you have the ability to find them a place, a different place, a different seat in the organization um, or perhaps it's time for them to move on. But when you have the wrong people in the right seat, see, here's the thing. This goes back to the anxiety zone. When you have the wrong people in the right seat, they're poisoning your company. They're toxic. They're hitting their goals. They're rock stars. They're amazing performers, but at what cost? I mean, the way I look at it is why should you choose one or the other? Why not have both? You should have both. But core values is, to, to see Rock's point, it is everything. It is who you are at the core. It is what you believe and it is how you behave. And that, you know, and if that is not in place, then all of this is just lip service. And maybe that's why, um, you know, C-Rock, there are too many companies or, or, or there are companies in the comfort zone. They've created a place where, you know, people come in and, and, and are almost too coddled or protected. But nothing again, but, but there's no, you don't push, you don't move forward. If you can't call someone out respectfully, if you can't be a respectful disruptor, then everybody just sits on their hands, they kind of, you know, bite their lips and you have mediocrity. So number four is normalize failure. Use failures as a learning experience. It's not something to be ashamed of. Action, share a failure, what I learned, segment in team meetings. I mean, it seems so, so simple to us. So many of us that, are, that have been in the startup world and you know, leadership coaching, you know, just in so, you know, just on clubhouse and whatever, you know, in the startup world. But the reality is we don't like failure. You know, I see a different, uh, I'll give you a different nuance on this, which is people are so hard on themselves. You know, one of the things, again, that we do with EOS is people rate 
the end of every meeting, every meeting. And it's amazing. Some people will say, well, you know, I just, you know, I, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed or, or I just didn't bring my A game today or I just couldn't figure out these scorecard measurables. Give yourself grace. Normalizing failure begins actually inside you. If your levels, your performance levels, your performance standards are too high and you don't feel safe within yourself, then you are overcome with anxiety. Number five, diverse voices. Actively solicit opinions from the less vocal, ensuring everyone is heard. Action, rotate meeting facilitators to give everyone a chance to lead and speak. I'll give you... my own take on this one as well, which is yes and, right, yes and, a facilitator should absolutely be able to make sure that everyone is heard. But the flip for me is don't have people in the room that don't, that shouldn't be there. I was going to say don't deserve to be there. And, And this is part of the whole psychological safety conversation. Don't put people in there because you're afraid, for example, to piss them off if they're not included. It's not about seat fillers. This is not the, you know, the the Golden Globes here or the Emmys. And quite frankly, if you put people into a room and they don't need to be there or don't deserve to be there or shouldn't be there, you're also wasting their time. So I would almost kind of challenge people and say, if you are in meetings and one person is never talking or doesn't talk or isn't able to talk, maybe they shouldn't be there. Just a thought. Yeah, I think, it, I think engagement is a telltale sign of investment or uh, commitment. You know, I think that's very important to pay attention to. You were echoing a little bit, but I caught the gist of what you were saying. You know, um, one of the... One of the best, um, I think, indicators or litmus tests is to be able to ask the question or, or answer the question, if you're asking it to yourself or even answering it yourself, was this a good use of my time? Like even today, this hour, was this hour a good use of my time? Was this productive? Did I learn something new? Eventually, even as a, as a benchmark, if I'd paid for this, would it, would it have been worth what I paid for it? Whether it was a penny, a dollar, $10, $100? Hell, it could help someone. This could be something ordinarily that you might have paid $1,000 for in terms, of, in terms of conversation, facilitation, and framework. But it's not, just to be clear, I, I'm using that as a benchmark as well. If money helps or doesn't help, but the bottom line is time, time, time. Was this a good use of my time? Actually, one of the visions for the Collective Cafe, is that you're not just sitting at your desk and just listening. You're, you know, as we say, kind of on the treadmill, walking the dog, getting the kids ready for school, commuting to the big bad city, maybe listening. There's a podcast version, bit.ly forward slash Collective Cafe to go. So you're listening on demand. I want people that are, the vision for this is when you are listening live, You actually have the ability to come up to stage if that's what you want. But actually, the real value is that you're doing something else. You're multitasking. That's the real vision. 
Initially, my vision was that no one would come onto stage. I would do all the work. I would do all the heavy lifting. I would do all the talking. I've been doing it for almost two years every day. I have no problem talking, those of you that know me. But I wanted to do the work. I wanted you to benefit by actually kind of working your body and working your mind. And so that still, you know, is the vision. But it's the time. It's time well spent. And maybe time well saved. It's a little bit of both, actually, if you think about it. Right, time well saved because I was on the treadmill and time well spent because, hey, I two birds with one stone. Number six, open door policy. Make it known that anyone can approach you with ideas or concerns. Action, schedule open office hour weekly for team questions and concerns. Sounds fair enough. Number seven, consistent check-ins. Regular one-on-ones with team members make it easier to discuss sensitive issues. Action, set up a bi-weekly 15-minute one-on-one with each team member. I mean, I find this to be a little little rudimentary, I'm not going to lie. But it is the consistency that I think is the main point here. It's the always on. It's you don't want it to be ad hoc. Again, one of the powerful aspects of EOS is what's called the L10 meeting, a 90-minute meeting once a week, where 60 of those 90 minutes are spent solving issues, solving problems, what's known as IDS, Identify, Discuss, and Solve, the issue-solving track. That consistency, that uniformity, that standardized approach, that's the key. So yes, consistent check-ins, totally agree. Whether it's the regular one-on-ones with team members, how you do that is up to you. Number eight, reward risk-taking. Celebrate when team members take calculated risks, even if they fail. So that goes back to, again, normalized failure, but reward risk-taking. So, you know, the action is create a risk-take-of-the-month award with a small incentive. I mean, I find that, again, to be a little bit more corporate as well, but certainly you want to acknowledge people that have taken a chance or, you know, um, or push themselves a little bit out of their comfort zone. And finally, number nine, and this is, you know, this was all done, uh, credit to uh, Ronnie Kinsey. I found it, um, I've actually invited him on my sh- I think I invited him on my show. There were a few people. There was Alex Brookman. Uh, he posted, and I'll actually, um, and, then, and then the actual cheat sheet that I posted earlier I think Ronnie Kinsey put together using Amy Edmondson's psychological safety model. So there, there you go. I've gone ahead and acknowledged everyone that I needed to. But number nine is address issues promptly. Ignoring concerns kills psychological safety. Tackle those issues head on. Action when an issue is raised, allocate time to find solutions. So again, you know, it's exactly what I was just saying. The issue solving track. You need to be able to make sure that nothing is being swept uh, under the rug. Uh, Tim just said, um, <clears throat> LOL, so much, uh, so, so much it's about how we want our people to embrace failure, uh, to figure out how they can do better. But how many leaders, departments, firms can't seem to learn a lesson? How often is the organization learning and trying something new rather than just looking to change people in a bad situation? And he posted a book uh, called Both Slash And Thinking. Both 
thinking and thinking. I don't embracing creative tensions to solve your toughest problems. Wendy K Smith, Marianne uh, W Lewis. So Tim, you know you've uh, you know what to do next, my friend. Tim Tim has now voluntold I voluntold him to uh, approach Wendy K Smith or Marianne W Lewis to come on the show, and if he does that on Joseph Jaffe's Not Famous, he can also come on the show for five minutes and ask them one or two questions. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to, he says, I know, I know, now I have to get Wendy on the show. Yeah, you, yes, you do. So I actually went and uh, um, I looked uh, <clears throat> and, and I told you I created my own, uh, my own little list as well. Um, and, you know, to summarize, psychological safety really is about um, a level of comfort but not becoming too comfortable, I would say, to be able to express themselves, your employees, without fear of negative consequences to their self-image, status, or career. Uh, it is a vital ingredient in fostering a culture of open communication, innovation, and growth. I mean, you don't move forward if you aren't prepared to get comfortable at being uh, uncomfortable. So there's a lot of ideas of continuous improvement enhanced learning, encouraging, risk-taking. But a lot of it as well comes down to the leader, leadership, right? You, a fish rots from the head down, the leadership team, the leader of the leadership team, but the leadership team sets the tone by modeling this openness, admitting their own mistakes, encouraging team members to speak up, um, and and showing not telling but showing that there are no there will be no negative repercussions for doing so. You build trust through action and through uh, repeated action and uh, and consistency as well. Um, and how do you measure it though? So I suppose surveys and and feedback mechanisms as well, but. What you really are trying to create is um, is almost this concept of cultural health or a culture, a healthy culture, culture of health, cultural health, <laughs> however you want to look at it, um, is, is um, I mean, you can see it. it. It seems a little bit more qualitative than quantitative, does it not? Whether, you know, going back to the apathy zone or the comfort zone, are people speaking up? Um, are people kind of, as as my good friend always said, splitting up into groups of one? People just basically going through the motions, doing what they got to do, and then and then leaving, moving on, moving. You know, kind of uh, not interacting, or you know, the other one, the comfort zone, where you know everyone is just very chatty, right? Um, you know, a lot of you know, a social, it's like, it's like a social um, environment, but that's not good for work either. Get back to work. No, don't get back to work, but get back to work. I mean, I've found certainly it's, it's my personality, but in, when I had job, when I, when I was in the corporate world, um, I was like that. I, I really loved building friendships and, and relationships and, you know, in the break room, so to speak, with my colleagues. 
and it's and it is comfortable. It's social. It should be. Work should be. It shouldn't be. You know, I mean, this idea of what we've created instead are these awful cube forms. I mean, we could also talk about kind of the impact Zoom has had on work too. How social that is. You know, it it almost seems much more. Um, it almost seems like Zoom. I guess, I, I mean, fair to say that Zoom promotes low psychological safety because people are so disconnected and isolated. They're just little thumbnails. You can, uh, you know, even worse when people are off camera. But it's also anxious when you see everyone and everyone's together and, you know, speaking up and stand, you know, they don't seem to be very good techniques to promote the ability to talk and, you know, and be that respectful disruptor, as C-Rock would have said. What I do like, by the way, is a little tip, is, is the hand raise. I think that's a very, very easy, clear sign um, that someone wants to talk. You know, Twitter, X Spaces does that well. Clubhouse doesn't, really, for people that are on stage. Um, Zoom does have the hand raise, and that makes it, that gives people permission um, or it it actually lowers the barrier of of being of feeling that you interrupted where someone then interrupts you going you know what actually um uh, I wasn't finished with my statement yet so I like that too but anyway I hope this was helpful to you um, for those of you that are new uh, to the collective cafe um, Shemaine we would love to have you back um, and um, we. We typically do this five days a week. Monday is manifesting or motivational Mondays. Tuesdays, thought leadership Tuesdays. Wednesdays, wellness Wednesdays. We talk more about you know mental health and wellness and, and a lot of leadership and skills. Thursday we do live book reads. By the way, just um, maybe maybe you know C Rock and I are going to start doing a little bit more together. Um, but uh, maybe C Rock will actually run it. Um, on Thursday, although I don't know that he'll be able to do it in Discord, but maybe he will. We'll see, because um, I do have a um, a coaching session on Thursday, and then on Friday. But Thursdays we normally do live book reads, and uh, sometimes we even bring the authors in. And then on Friday we do No Agenda Friday, open mic, ask me anything. Um, I literally come with no agenda whatsoever. And um, it's for people to come on stage, either in Discord or on uh, Spaces, and uh, and either you know if they want to uh, if they want to talk a little bit and take you know take the mic and talk about what's on their mind. If they want to ask me to talk about something, um, it's uh, again anything goes. Um, so that's for today. Um, I will most likely have this. Um, uh, I just saw Tim's comment now. He said, I have to start recommending books from dead authors. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good point, good point. Um, how about the Bible? The Bible, I believe the authors are not around anymore. Um, there's some interesting leadership uh, uh, leadership anecdotes in there. So just a thought, I'm just kidding. Um, have an amazing day, everyone. And uh, I will be back tomorrow. Take care, bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.